Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. My co-host today is Sandra Carusi of Inside Jokes. And today I'm joined by a special guest, Anne Kaplan Maholland. She's a self-made successful businesswoman, public speaker, real estate investor, and TV personality known for her role as a former cast member of The Real Housewives of Toronto. She is an inspiring woman that we can all learn a lot from. And today we're talking to Anne about her life as a businesswoman, her happy relationship, and her life as a mom of eight children. So how does she juggle it all? Well, we're going to find out. Welcome, Anne. Well, thank you for having me here. Well, thanks for coming in. I, you look gorgeous as wow. always. Well, like, it's easy to say when you're on radio. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll be posting lots of pictures. Everybody come to my Instagram yeah. and check this out, Sandra and, underscore Carusi. And also <laughs> um, check us out on the Dating and Relationship Show on Facebook, on our Facebook group. Uh, and do you ever have a slum, slummy day? Like, you know, where you just wake up, put on track pants? And no, this I, is I'm it. well prepared the night before and I, I don't actually have track pants. Really? Or jeans. Wow. wow. No. So how no about when you're, okay, so how about when you're hanging out in the house? I dress up. Really? I always dress up. I'm always Holy dressed, shit. the shoes, everything. I'm dressed completely. Okay, and what is your reasoning for that? Because you have one life to live, and I want to do everything and overdo it, and I like to be over the top. Wow, that's amazing. So I, I like to be happy. I like to have fun. I like to be in the moment, and every moment counts. Your hubby must love you for that. He but- has not come home to me sitting in sweatpants, and I want him to come home every night and see a happy wife, and then he's happy. Awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> I know, because I, I, yeah, I'm not like that. And I, yeah. something tells I have me, down days, slummy days, that's for sure, where I'm in my track pants. Something tells me this is going to lead to a happy marriage. I think they they do have a happy marriage, yeah. but we're going to talk about that. So tell us a bit about your personal life, your family. Um, you're married to Dr. Stephen Maholland, a very popular plastic surgeon here in Toronto, and you have eight children. Tell us a little bit about that family dynamic. Well, there's eight children, as you just said. That's a merger, acquisition, startup, and a reverse takeover. So <laughs> I had two kids. He had two kids. His wife left. She didn't want to come back, so I got his two kids as well. And then we had two children together, and three years ago, my sister passed away, and uh, she left me her two children. I wanted her clothes. I got the kids. Can we ask how she passed away? She had uh, colorectal cancer, Mm -hmm. and over a 13-month period, um, we transitioned me and the children so that she wanted that. She really, really wanted to know her kids were taken care of. Mm -hmm. Well, you're Mm -hmm. an amazing woman for that. Now, your family dynamic seems to go beyond the term blended family. So can you tell us a a little bit about what your home life has been like the last, you know, few years? We have have four staff that look after our home. And I know that everybody can't do that, but we are able to do that. I have somebody who manages the house. We have um, in-house security guard and people that help us with everything and the dynamics of a family that, that that's that big. And I cook dinners, I drive the kids to school, I do all those things, but everything else that you need to help out with running a house and kids, that many kids, yeah. we have that support. I don't do the grocery shopping unless yeah. I'm doing a special dinner. 
Somebody else does all that. They wash the car. They do all those kind of things, but I am the mom. So you still cook dinner every night? I don't cook dinner every night. But, I cooked, but some nights. Yeah. Do you love it? I love That's my passion. Cooking is yeah, my passion. Yeah, mine too. Sandra, you like cooking? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love That's cooking. That's a big part of who I am. Yeah. And so what have been some of your challenges with raising so many kids? Having so many kids. <laughs> <laughs> my challenge. It is not easy. It is absolutely not easy. I have a lot of mornings where I'm frustrated, and it's very, very difficult. Even if it was my sister, is to get someone else's children and say, yeah. hey, these are the rules. You're coming in, completely different rules, and you're going to follow them, and you get pushback. And that's been very hard to have a blended family. Oh, yeah. And, I can't imagine. Yeah, and keep my husband happy, and he's looking at me going, you got us into this. Yeah. So how do you actually manage them and in, in, with having such a busy career and... At the same time. There's no choice. To me, it's mm-hmm. you just have to do it, and you have to figure it out. And I'm not, they say I'm not emotional. I'm actually very emotional, but it's just like this has to be common sense. This is what we're going to do. Here's the structure. Here's the rules. Everything is organized. And there's one rule in our house, and that's two rules, respect and and safety. And so as long as they're following the respect and safety of the house, then things are okay. Do mm-hmm. they all live with you? No, only at the moment three. Okay. If you asked me a month ago, there were five. Wow. Okay. So it just changes. No, you have five boys and three girls. I do. Um, what's the main difference you found raising uh, boys versus girls and vice versa? I know Sandra really wanted to ask you this. Well, oh, boys yeah. are very protective, and they're they're very much, this is my mom, and, they're, and as they grow older, they're very, very protective of me. The girls, they just push back, like, there's no way I want to be like my mom. And so it, there's a big difference between the two, the boys and girls. And my girls, all three of the girls, are not type to dress up. They're the complete opposite, bohemian. If you spend more than $2 <laughs> on clothes, then I don't want it. And they just, oh, they would never go in my closet, never, thank mm. goodness. Really, they're all like that, though. They're all like a lot that. of them. They're, I think. I think it's either gone the the Kardashian way of like three thousand dollar outfits or the complete Bohemian way. I don't know. Am I the, wrong? It, it is a complete Bohemian way in our house. Now, yeah. whether they uh, change, I don't know. It doesn't yeah. matter to me. It's at least a little <laughs> bit cheaper to raise them. <laughs> we need to take a break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, you're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. My co-host is Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes. We have Anne Kaplan Mulholland as our guest in studio today. She is a former cast member of The Real Housewives of Toronto. We're talking about family, her life as a, as a businesswoman, and her life as a mom of eight. And uh, what has having a such a large family taught you, Anne? Um Birth control? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, the joys of birth control. The joys of it. It's, oh, he can just go get fixed. He could. He could. But it's. I, I have a sense of humor. And I think if I yes. didn't get have a sense of humor, I couldn't raise children. And right. they think that I think everything is funny, but everything actually is funny. Yes, and it is. And just the extremes, those things aren't funny. But everything can be joked about, even yeah. raising kids. And that's and that's that's amazing. Now, how did you and Stephen meet? Let's talk about that. 
And how long ago was it? We're coming up to our 16-year wedding anniversary. And Stephen and I met in the late 90s down in a conference in New Orleans. And I was funding U.S. um, medical procedures. And he was he's a plastic surgeon. He was speaking at the conference. And he chased me. He started asking me out then. That's the way it should be. (laughs) For about a year and a half almost. Wow. And and then you finally gave in. It was I wasn't interested in him. He was calling me up. We would go to get together. I'd call him Doctor Maholland. I never ever thought about dating him. Is it because you weren't physically attracted to him? It was. It just wasn't my type. I wanted a certain type of man. I liked older men. I liked these polished kind of guys. And Stevens, an ex hockey player, and he is completely different than I ever envisioned myself with. And I also was a single mom, and I wasn't looking to get in a relationship with somebody. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that because I always uh, suggest that people date outside their comfort zone and give people chances that they normally wouldn't because sometimes your type may have changed and you don't even know it yet, right? Really? So Yeah, yes, yes, it's true. I talk about it in my book, Single in the City. (laughs) But I, I think I looked at it and said, you know, he's a doctor. My parents were doctors. He has two kids and he's a single father. I have two kids. I'm a single mom. We both want more kids. It was really a practical decision going, maybe I should give this a little bit of a chance. I liked him. And oh, well, that's... so maybe I'll give it a chance. And so yeah. it's kind of, yeah, okay, now, I'll try it. Now, did it bother you that he's short? Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. My girlfriend <laughs> said to me, um, very tall girlfriend. She only dated tall guys, and she'd measure guys by the height of the doorway when they'd walk in the room, so she could figure out if they were six foot two or six feet by how far it. their head was down from the door. I love it. So she's so when I said, oh, you know, I'm interested in Steve Mulholland. She said, well, he's short. And I went, so? is he? I said, well, I didn't for know he was you, short. for you. No, he's but short. I didn't even know he was short. I didn't look at whether he was taller. I couldn't yeah. care less. What would matter to me is if he cared. Because that would be a little bit of an insecurity that I would go, why do you care if you're what height you are? Who cares? There you go. But most men that are secure with themselves don't care about their height and if a woman is actually taller than them. So I want you to set the record straight for some of these women out there. Because as a matchmaker, I find that so many women, even like women that are five foot one, five foot two, five foot three, won't date a guy under five foot 10 or 11 or six feet, let's, let's say. What can you tell those women, please? Well, well, there's advantages if we're dating a shorter guy. For number one, when I'm not happy with him, our bed's quite high. I just take away the little stepping stool for him to get on the bed. (laughs) And so it's really funny to watch him running to the back of the room and then running. He can't get up there. Wow. And and the other one is as you start to get older, you get gray roots, and he can't see the top of my head. (laughs) So don't look at the disadvantages of shorter men. There are advantages to shorter men, and it's so superficial. Okay, I'm I want to talk. Stealing Sorry. jokes from Anne right now. <laughs> I want to talk about the gray roots because I obviously I get them as well, right? Like, do you do you cover them up with something? It's called um, okay. You got a pen? Yes. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> hair dye. <laughs> no, I know, Two but words. like that would mean that you'd have to dye your hair every three so weeks or something. I do have to dye my hair, but I got on a plane once, Air Canada, going from Toronto over to London. And my ex was on the seat behind me, and I hadn't done my roots. And he was, he's really tall. No way. He was right behind me in business class, and I slid down 
And there's no way I was going to let him see my roots. I stayed the whole time <laughs> down on the seat. Really? That's yes. Nice. So I use this like little crayon that you can buy at Shoppers Drug Mart. It's amazing. You just wet it and then you brush it on and then I can go like, you know, a month and a I half can, without the, dyeing my hair again. If I put that crayon through there, it gets stuck in my extensions, so I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> just, I love Anne. <laughs> issues. Is she so just... Beauty issues. Beauty issues. Yeah. Okay, I found this really hard to believe, but I read that uh, Stephen took you on your first date, took you to Kentucky Fried Chicken. He did. <laughs> now, was that your idea? No, I'm a vegan. He took me to Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm not kidding. The one up on Mount but Pleasant. But why there? Like a successful businessman. We're going to hear, you know? hear something. I have no clue. This guy, Stephen, is okay. a hockey player. You know what? We need to take a break. We're going to come right back to this. This is so interesting. Stay with us. We're talking to Anne Kaplan-Mulholland on the Dating and Relationship Show. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host with Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes as my co-host. And our special guest today is Anne Kaplan-Maholland. She's a former cast member of The Real Housewives of Toronto. And before the break, she was telling us a story. She was going to get right into it before uh, we stopped her. But she's her husband, Stephen, took her uh, on their first date to Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> and uh, amazes me, but go ahead with your story, Anne. So he, he actually did the very, very first date we had. He um, pulls up a Kentucky Fried Chicken up on Mount Pleasant, and we get out, and I'm a vegan. I don't eat chicken, and so we, and I don't eat dairy. And so we go to the Kentucky Fried Chicken in the lineup, and he, <laughs> I'm looking at him like, you got to be kidding. First, it's a drive-in, and I don't eat chicken. Oh so I said gosh. to the lady, I want the wrap, but don't put the chicken in it. And she says, sorry. I have to put the chicken in. We can't do it like that. I'm like, just oh don't put the chicken in. It can't. The chicken can't touch the inside of the wrap. She goes, I'm sorry, we can't do it that way. And I said, oh I don't care. God. I'll pay double. She wouldn't do it. And he looks at me and goes, just eat the friggin' chicken. And so <laughs> he didn't understand that I was a vegan. He just didn't get it. So we left and we went to Golden Griddle. And oh there was nothing that I would eat on the menu. So I ordered those little crackers premium cracker thing in the wrap and just sat there eating crackers. But most people at home oh, would love think that someone like yourself would have an issue with going to the Golden Griddle or Kentucky Fried Especially, Chicken. Especially, I would imagine, And how on your come first... you didn't have an issue with it? Well, it, it's, Stephen's a hockey player. It's That's him. He likes hamburgers, french fries, ketchup, and... Down-to-earth guy. I mean, you snag the guy and then you have your issues. Especially on your first date, you were probably dressed to the tens, not even the nines. And did this guy not deduce <laughs> that maybe uh, go up from Golden Gr- Griddle and maybe hit an A and W or something like? He just... is. He's clued out. He is completely <laughs> clued out. He's still clued out, and that's okay. So that's has okay. he changed since you guys have been together for sixteen years? He has not changed one bit. But I manage him without him even knowing I'm managing him. I get everything I want out of him. Get wow. to go everywhere I want, and he thinks it's his idea. Aw, so he would Can still rather us? he would still rather go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. He would love that. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fast food guy. I think women want to know how she does that. No. Yeah. I, how do you manage a dude? So um, if I don't like what he's wearing, and he's picked it out. I did this with his shirts. I took them down to the laundromat and I had them taken in so they wouldn't fit him. And then I put them back in the closet in the same spot. Oh, that's hilarious. And he couldn't wow. get his shirts on. 
And so anything I don't like, I do that. If it's shoes or pants or something like that, I hide them. And if there's nothing said for six months, then it's toast. It's out. So what's wrong with just saying, I don't like that? Well, then I would look like I'm a pecky wife. Yeah. Or how about just I'd rather manipulate. Like, you know, positive criticism. (laughs) Like, honey, I don't think that looks that amazing on you. How about maybe something like this? It might look a little better on you. Because he thinks he's the king and he thinks it looks good. But he, he's gone to Mark's work warehouse and bought a plaid shirt, and he thinks he looks like the lumberjack or Michael Landon in, uh, See, in that. Nah, nah. And it's, yeah. it's so funny because no one would ever think that watching the show, right? No he's, no, he's completely dressed and set up and propped up, and he's the king. Okay, so, so obviously you make him feel like the king. So what are some other ways that you keep your relationship solid after so many years? I treat him like he is the most important thing in the world to me. And he thinks that he is the most important thing in the world to me. Now, do you guys fight, argue a lot, all that going Rarely on? Rarely do we ever argue. Maybe a little tiff once a year, a few words. And we're, I mean, we're 16 years married. Mm-hmm. It's, you, we're kind of over that arguing or something. And I realize I just cannot change him. He is very, very determined and very set in his ways. And so I just have to manipulate him. And he probably treats you like a queen as well, right? He does nothing for me. He got me orange juice about four years ago. Um, Valentine's Day, he bought a whole thing from the room, like clothing after clothing after clothing. And we went out to a restaurant, and I had these bags and bags and bags of clothes. He's actually bought me a whole window display of stuff. So a couple times he's done that. Wow, a window display. But he does not treat me, he doesn't worship me. He just likes my company and I couldn't ask for something better. See companionship, that's where we're yeah. headed, right? Is that what we're talking about basically? We absolutely enjoy each other's company, but he's not in this world to dote on me and I realize that. And he needs to be worshiped and I realize that. He's not going to change. And so I dote on him and I don't ask for anything in in return. Do you know what his love language is? Uh, what's a love language? So a love language is what one wants and needs from a relationship in order to feel love. So there's five. There's words of affirmation. Um, there's acts of service. There's receiving gifts. There's physical touch. And there's quality time. I think quality time where we spend a lot of time together. We travel on weekends. We have dinner together every night. He, I mean, we're just together a lot. He doesn't buy me a lot of stuff. The things I just described is about it. It's, um, he calls me Millie. That's my nickname. So I know when I'm Millie. that's cute. I love that name. Yeah, he's Molly after Mulholland and I'm Millie. Mm. And I also (laughs) read that you got, no matter what you're doing, you have dinner every night. We do. We have dinner together every single night. Awesome. It's, I either cook him dinner or we go out to dinner. We'll meet up at Soto Soto or somewhere near our offices. And I love it. We have um, dinner together. We hold hands still. And do you make out in public? (laughs) (laughs) It, I don't even want to make out with him in private. Why would I do that in public? Oh, no. oh, okay. <laughs> Who makes out anymore? Does everyone yeah. make out? I mean, that's you so... Do? Laura, do you make out? That's so I 80s. Well, I guess. I, know, I don't right? know. I, we kiss. Well, you make out sometimes when you're, you know, in the act. No, I don't know about in, 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 at Soto Soto. I'd, r- I'd rather drink a Barola while I'm there instead of... <laughs> the Amarone. Oh, my God. The Amarone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. We need to come back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. Our special guest and Kaplan Mulholland will be right back. You're listening. 
listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the Dating and Relationship Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta. My co-host is Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, and we're talking to Anne Kaplan-Moholland from the Real Housewives of Toronto. She's also a, an inspiring uh, businesswoman. And I uh, just want to ask you a little bit more about your relationship, Anne. So tell us the importance of behind renewing your vows every five years. Well, the first time I we renewed our vows, that was around that economic downturn that we had, a mm. little global economy collapse. And everybody was having a really rough time. I had just lost my sister, and my mother had fallen and broke her neck and moved in with us at Ooh. that point. And it was really a tough time. Financially, it was a tough time emotionally. And when we started to feel like we were coming out of it, we said, I said to my husband, let's renew our vows. Let's have a party where we're starting over and we'll invite everyone to go and say, this is the best day starting today going forward. So the whole vow renewal, all the wording was around, this is the beginning of the rest of your life. And it was not just for us, it was for everybody at the party all to come and celebrate. And there was a 400, over 479 people came. Wow. It was massive. And then... Um, the last time we were renewing our vows, I uh, asked my husband if he would marry me again on his birthday, and I was smart. I took the ring from my ex-husband, and I melted it down and <laughs> used the, the diamond and made it into a ring for this husband. So you don't don't waste anything if you've been married before. Any girls out there listening to Recycle. it, do not waste the ring. <laughs> now, there's some media surrounding this right now, women proposing to men. How do you feel about that? If you want to marry someone, ask them. Like it's if you want something, ask for it. I don't know. It's the whole chasing thing. I mean, initially your husband chased you, right? So it's not like he didn't really, really want you. He did because he went through a lot to go to get you after a year. And my uncle, he was a very wise man. He'd said to me, "It's not the the chasing; it's the getting." Yes. And so to be careful when there's a chase, chase, chase thing, and then because people will repel, they'll feel cornered. And yes. So you, you have to dance a little bit around each other, but. When it's right, it's right, and you should know it. Intuitively, you should know it. And, and if you're questioning it, don't chase it. And I think if the guy's okay with it, then there's then there's no problem with it, right? I mean, if the guy retaliates and gets upset about it, then maybe there's an issue. But if he's all good with uh, you proposing to him, why not? But who do you buy them a ring if it's a girl asking the guy? Uh, a band. Hmm. A band. <laughs> so it's an engagement band. I think we're going to see a lot more of that now. Do you? Yes. Do you honestly think that? I think so. We got our little millennial well, at, here shaking her head. What's, what do you think? Jules? Yeah. Why? In the age of like the, the whole Me Too thing and women kind of gaining their rights in a way, women are more independent nowadays. Like mm -hmm. we're not really looking to find a guy to complete us or whatever. So it's like, hey, if there's a guy there that I like and uh, he's a keeper, And he's why taking not? a long time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why wait that's, for the guy? Yeah. Just that's, do it. That's, well, that's a good point because the one thing I like about the way I've, I've formed my life is that I am a very, very independent person, financially everything. And if I want to walk away, I'm going to walk away. And so I think it's important for us as women to set ourselves up to be independent enough to say, hey, you're not treating me right, goodbye. And But yes. if you're together, you're together because you want to be, not because you're dependent on somebody. And do you think you being so independent, do you think that was something that attracted Stephen to you? Stephen is threatened by my independency, and he still is today. So I don't talk about it. I don't 
tell him things. It's wow. he's very, very, very much. It has to be about him, and I make sure that he knows that the me that comes home, it's all about him. And I think that's a very male thing. And you're okay with that? I can't change it. You have to be smart enough to know that makes him really uncomfortable that I do so much. And he feels that I would meet somebody or something would happen. And and so I make sure that I make him feel comfortable enough to know that he is the number one person in my life. There are a lot of feminists listening to the show right now going, that's not right. Do I walk away or do I try to change somebody? So that part of him, I'm not going to change. Mm -hmm. And so I have to learn how to work with it, make the relationship really good because I'm smart enough to know that this is a person I married. Would I have married him if I'd known all that? I don't know, but I did. And so I'm not going to spend my whole life trying to remold somebody who is not going to be molded. And there is no perfect person. There's no perfect person, but he adores me and he loves spending time with me. So the little bit I have to do to make sure that he feels like he's Mm -hmm. really well taken care of, then... I'll do that. And you always have to outweigh the good and the bad. So yeah, if I, the good outweighs no the bad, then we're we're uh, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Tell us a bit, a little bit about your journey as a successful businesswoman and entrepreneur. And I know that you're involved in some charities, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about your your business life. So I've I've built the company over 22 years, and we're financing medical, dental, veterinary procedures across the country. And I built that with a really really good team, but from nothing. And we have processed over a billion dollars in loans. And um, recently I won the Canadian Entrepreneur of the Year. Not the women. Congratulations. But the male, female one for Ontario That's even bigger. Finance. Wow. Yes. Look at you. It's a big win. It was a huge win. And I still have that trophy sitting on my desk. But you don't carry your trophies with you everywhere. Yeah. So it's always on to the next thing. And um, I did my education while I was working and... My MBA, Master's of Science, Doctorate, and my Corporate Governance designation. It's really, really, really busy. Super busy. I don't think people understand what you've accomplished doing. You're not some rich chick. I don't know, unless I have it wrong. Unless you're, you're, you're not like the super rich chick, which you are, but you're not in the sense just taking some upgrade classes. <laughs> Go some. ahead. I caught the, I got the hurry up, Laura. Laura. Go ahead. <laughs> we need to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Our special guest today is Anne Kaplan Mulholland. She is a former cast member of The Real Housewives of Toronto. Mm. And Sandra Cruci here is my co-host, keeping her in line here today. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Laura Bellotta. And uh, I want to ask about your charity, some of the charities that you're involved with. Can you tell us about that? Well, I've been very involved with uh, anything to do with AIDS research. And um, I wrote a book uh, on the history of fashion carers. It's a commemorative awesome. um, tabletop book. And uh, that was donated the proceeds to the Elton John AIDS Foundation and ACT. And um, worked cl- collaborated with um, the people that had did fashion cares over all the years. So that's, that's a big thing. The one that I'm going to focus on, and I'm involved in many, I've donated to the university. And, um, but the one that I'm really going to focus on now are mental health issues. And I'm going to lean my, my focus toward empowering, empowerment of women. And 
and really bringing a light on mental health issues and that's where I feel that it will find me. The charities that are involved in that will find me. Yeah. And I will support those. Why s- such a strong support for mental health issues? It's been, a, as a parent and having to deal with um, some of the kids that have had some issues and saying, okay, I've had to deal with this. And in, in a, as, a, as a public person, I've had to deal with this and go home and and. and Things are tough, and I have to go up, get up in the morning, go to work, look happy, do all these things. And at the same time, I'm dealing with real life stuff. I'm just the same as anyone else dealing with other people that had mental health issues. I just have bigger diamonds. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm very curious to know, and I'm sure Sandra is too, and people listening at home, how did the opportunity come up to be a cast member of The Real Housewives of Toronto? I mean, did they find you, or did you hear about a casting, or... So I didn't hear about a casting, and it was interesting because I was right down into final discussions with somebody else, a different network, that I they were doing a show for me. I'd have my another show. Was it a talk show? or It was more of um, like a makeover type of show, and I would be hosting it. Awesome. And I had hosted makeover shows before on air. And so they had got right down to the final discussions, ready to go, and they were friends with the people producing the Housewives show, and they said... You got to talk to Anne. And they called me up and said, You got to go down for this interview. They wouldn't tell me what it was. And they said, It's a really good opportunity. You're right for this show. Go down to the interview. So I get down there and I didn't know it was a housewife, but I'm starting to guess it's housewife. <laughs> and uh, they asked me questions and they said, Why are you right for the show? And I said, I'm not quite sure what the show is, but if what I think it is, if you want someone who's really smart and really funny, then I'm right for it. And so they had to just take me who I was. And and then I would be right for it. If they were looking for something different, I wasn't the right person. So did you have to go through an entire audition and you went on camera? An, and you went, I went through all that, and they asked me questions, and then they, they do things like um, tests to make sure that you're a fit, I guess, emotionally and intellectually. And I don't know if you're supposed to pass or fail those tests. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the outcome. <laughs> How has being in the spotlight with the show changed your family life? And the way you run your business, it's if it has the business hasn't changed much, but the the kids, uh, my youngest son, he's fourteen. He will not go to a mall with me because he's so embarrassed. They're embarrassed yeah, to ha, have ha. me go in the school. Really? They're embarrassed. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's that age, right? But there's a lot of attention. I can't walk through a mall to go to an airport, and they go, "Anne, how are you?" They're, they it's, they yell things, and people always yeah. want selfies. And that's when you're in the malls or in the public area. It's yeah. not necessarily. Well, it can be in the bathroom. I've been stopped in the bathroom before. That was me. That was <laughs> Yeah, but you were in the same cubicle yeah, with yeah, me. Okay, and you looked under the stall. That was not fair. It was Get under the back. stall. But yeah. Anne, as a, as a celebrity, does that bother you when people stop you? Are you kidding? I love it. Okay, that's it's, good to know. It, it, what would be worse than doing the show and then nobody stops you or likes you but when they oh stop you and go hey can I get a picture yeah. with you it's I'm going yeah. hey I love this now has your daily life changed though you know you still drive yourself everywhere you yeah. still walk into places I assuming you don't I have a myself. bodyguard with you <laughs> I do uh, the security I have to say that I do that because oh, yeah. is he here he's not here but I, I have hired security and only because um by perception, it's very obvious that we are affluent. So you make sure that when you're in a public yeah. domain, that you are always protecting yourself. Yeah, that's right. And I'm a little bit more secretive than I maybe yeah. was before about, I won't post when I'm going to give a talk before I'm there so that 
nobody knows where I'm going. Smart. Yes, smart. I'm just Very doing good. these measures before I do something. And then I'll post after. Hey, I was here, I was here, I was here. But beforehand, no. Yeah. Now, what are some top, uh, some of your top pieces of advice for female entrepreneurs? Set the bar high. There is nothing you can't attain. What you are as a woman, use that to your advantage. You're intuitive. Use that. But you're no different than a man. But don't be thinking that the men aren't looking at you like you are a woman. And in the sense that we used to get discounted, no matter how hard I tried, how educated I got, how good I was at my job, they would still think they had a competitive advantage over me because they're male and I'm female. Now it's changed. That's just changed. Now that competitive advantage they thought they had has just been pulled out from under them. And we are in a position that women can take control. And we, as smart yes. as we are... What changed? The men, we, the men are no longer above as us. A power? Why? Because it was only because they were men. So now, if we're as smart as they are, if we can do as good a job as they are, we're now on equal playing grounds. And maybe we're even on better playing grounds. And so it's nothing's changed. If you're a smart business person, if you've got good ideas and you know how to execute it, that hasn't changed. It's just before we didn't get the ear. We didn't get the same pay. We didn't get all those things. And so now we have this little tiny squeaky window right now that's opened and we can take advantage of it. But just remember, be smart. Be the person that you are. It, don't think that being a woman is going to be your advantage, but now it's not your disadvantage. We need to take wow. a break, but when we come back, I want to get your opinion on the Me Too movement because we ask everybody who comes into the show because it's uh, it's something that's very prevalent in the news right now. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Anne kaplan Mahalan. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's tip is update your condo evaluation. Do you know what your condo is worth? Because right now, the condo market is hot. Typically, condos were evaluated every year or two. But with today's hot condo market, if your condo was assessed even three months ago, it's time to have a reassessment. Know what your condo is worth. Call or email me for an evaluation and reassessment. I can help you. So they can reach you at hgp at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, my co-host, Sandra Cruci of Inside Jokes, and we're talking to the lovely Anne Kaplan Maholland. From the uh, or former cast member of the Real Housewives of Toronto, also a wife, mom of eight, and successful businesswoman. Before the break, we she was giving us advice um, or some advice to female entrepreneurs. Uh, now, do you ever have men being demeaning towards you? I had one in w- once in in business where I knew I was going to close this big financing. And they had asked me from one of the venture capital funds to come in and meet with them, but they told me not to bring my CFO. When I got there, I sat down, and then in walked like six, seven men all in a row and just me. Well, I stood up, and the guy that was in the front uh, was the CEO of this venture capital fund, and I stood up, and I towered over him, looked down at him, and he looked at me, and he said, 
this must be very intimidating. Oh, yeah. And now <laughs> I have built a company, a multi-million dollar company, and he's looking at me and says, this must be very intimidating. And I looked at him and said, I will try not to intimidate you any further, ah, sir. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Woo. Ah, you could bam. hear a pin drop if it wasn't for the little guy in the back mm-hmm. laughing. I love yeah, it. good. Okay, so what's your opinion on the Me Too movement? I think um, this is a really good thing that's come out. I think there's a lot of men that are probably sitting there a little bit scared. Oh, yes. somebody might. And I will jump in when some guy says, oh, well, it was five years ago. And I it's like, no, that doesn't get forgiven. But when you have something such as... Um, What's the girl's name? Uh, McDougal that had the affair with Donald Trump, the mm-hmm. alleged affair, the Playboy Bunny. And she comes out and says, okay, well, I had this affair with Donald Trump. And she's piggybacking on Me Too. I want to go, girl, don't dilute this Me Too movement. This Me Too movement is about being like, abused or taken advantage of or somebody grabbing you. It's You had a consensual relationship. Yeah, come out with it. But don't piggyback and dilute this great, great yeah. thing that we're on right now. It's this but, is wonderful. Don't you stripper. think some of the women though are taking advantage of the situation, That's what like she's for saying. publicity? I they mean, could I, be, I, but but it's it's like we don't want to stop this momentum, and yeah. people are taking advantage of it. It's that they're they're hurting it. it. Oh, I slept with this celebrity. Okay, you slept with him. You consensually slept with him in the closet during a party. Doesn't mean he grabbed you and pulled you in the closet. So those kind of things, you just. Don't hurt us. Me Too's great. Now, despite the publicity in your life, what's something you feel people would be surprised to know about you? Um, I found out that my father was my real father. Uh, my father, my mother was my real mother. She told me I was adopted when I was born. And she didn't tell me till I was 14 years old that she was really my mother. And so, maybe 13 years old. And uh, she sat me down and said, you're not adopted. I'm your, I had an affair. You're my daughter. <gasps> So it was, uh, I don't think people know that. And um, I found out who my father was by going, to found out he was an entertainer, and I thought he was Don Ho. If anyone's heard of <laughs> Don Ho, like yes, Tiny yes. Bubbles. Because my parents would argue, and they'd call him Don Ho. And so I thought he was Don Ho. So I flew to Hawaii when I was 17. Oh, you my gosh. Look, you actually look I Hawaiian. I am Hawaiian. Yes. I am Hawaiian. What is, sorry, what's your nationality, all of them? My Hawaiian. mix, um, hmm? Hawaiian, no. English, Botox and filler. Ah! So, I'm a, I, so I flew to Hawaii, and I and I didn't know what his name was. But I then by then I'd found out his name was Bernie, and I looked him up in a brochure. And he's an entertainer in Hawaii, still alive. I see him every year. God bless. And uh, I have he has twelve kids by different women, so I've got this massive number of brothers and sisters, and it's all pretty cool. What's the most important thing that you've learned from the fame that you got from the Real Housewives? The Toronto? most important thing I've learned is that I really like it. <laughs> Why do you like it so much? Um, I think that I have a platform that I can work off to do some the work you want to do. Yes, and that I really enjoy the learning to get the feedback in this world where everything comes in at like fast, fast. I like you. I don't like you. I like you. And it's like, okay, I got to learn to live with that. And how do I not run away from it? And then teach. How do you live in a world that's that fast? How do you teach women to be empowered? And I like that people stop me and they go. You inspired me. I love that. And so if I can be at 
little bit of a celebrity or known to people as being an, an inspiration. I love it. I love that too. You know, last week I facilitated a mix, mixer at the uh, Founders College. And I actually, had, I talked to, to the students there about dating, relationships, and they were so intrigued. Nice. And they asked me so many questions. And at the end of it, I felt so good because I was able to help them. Yeah, I've yeah, got that when I've given a talk. And then afterward, young girls come up to me and they say, well, I really want to have a career, but I've got this boyfriend and he doesn't want me to do this. And I'm like, what are you doing? Mm. Go for the career. If somebody isn't supporting you mm-hmm. to go for everything you want to do in your life, that's not the right person. My husband is supportive of me. I've gone through where I've wanted to change people or somebody's wanted to yeah. change me. But if you're going to go for the gusto, and I go for my career, I work hard at my career, and I'm focused. And if I don't have a guy to go home to that's going, I'm supportive, yeah. do what you want to do, even if you fail. It might be the dumbest idea in the world, but let me try it. And it's your life. You only have yeah. one life to live. So live Absolutely. it the way you want to live it. If you, as a woman, go after a job that your guy doesn't approve, and what Anne's trying to say is not just a, a feminist comment about saying, don't go with this guy. It is going to come back to haunt you with this guy. You'll never be good enough. You'll always be after his approval. And you'll never be personally happy. Follow yeah. your gut. Your gut will always tell you. And where can people learn more about you? Uh, there is, there's annkaplan.com. They can go on to that website. Yeah, How about your Insta? Instagram is annkaplan underscore own it. Okay. So, and you can learn more about Sandra's show, Inside Jokes, here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, Sunday nights at 8 p.m. You can also follow me on Instagram, Laura underscore Balada. And you can learn more about exciting dating events by visiting singleinthecity.ca and also follow us on Facebook at Dating and Relationship Show. Thank you as always for tuning in. See you next week. Ciao for now.